This episode of the Crown Refs podcast is brought to you by RefereeStore.com. To save 15% on all United Attire products, enter Crown15 at checkout. We hope you enjoy this episode and do us one last favor before you listen. Have a great rest of your day. So just tell me, what was your feedback on it? I know you said you've started to apply some of the, uh, the signal content in there. Take me through your process, breaking the uh, report down. Yeah, I mean, that was really great timing. I mean, we worked on that, right? We already organized ourselves because uh, I had uh, one camp uh, with two EuroLeague referee a few weeks ago. So it was perfect that uh, you gave me this feedback exactly when I started this camp. So of course I couldn't, didn't have time. I mean, you know, this kind of camp, you're super busy and you barely have time to sleep. So I just had time to analyze a bit um, the signal video that you gave me and some comments about that. I didn't, uh, I waited a bit for the game. So it was really great because I had like two games a day and already signals and I was with some colleagues so we could talk about that and especially with one good friend of mine that know me a lot and really well so it's like yeah he got it you know he's like yeah that's exactly the point that we mm. we have to change and he also could improve through that right we were kind of working together on these advices so it was really great and even with the instructors we talk also about this pump it up or yeah, this kind of, I don't know, little trick that stay in your mind. And uh, yeah, I really feel that uh, I got something. Great. Was this uh, a tryout for a new league that you were going to work? Sorry? Was this a tryout that you went to or was it instructional camp? No, it was instructional camp. Okay. All right. Very good. Do you have any questions before we start? Um, I mean, maybe just, I don't know how we can do that, but I will just also notice you that I also watched again the game and I also had some notes that you didn't write in the report. Sometimes maybe we can stop on that one as well. I can tell you which one I added. Sure, no problem. Just, I don't know, sometimes it's not so important, but sometimes it's that I know the decision, but maybe it's also a nice of a refresh refresh about it or just your opinion let's see all right sounds good all right so we'll start off just to start the game you know i'm I'm big on cosmetics i'm big on breaking down all of the little little things so even the way we hold the ball before the teams enter the court just tells me a lot about an official sometimes it's just guesswork but sometimes it's most of the time it's just the intuition i have and i find a correlation between people that hold it lazy and sloppy to them just not being overall as skilled as the officials who hold it in a more professional manner it's just some connection points i've made and 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 it's not just the way you hold the ball it's across many different parts of the game but i just think it looks more um professional when we hold it up a little bit you don't even have to hold it up but i want your hand your palm underneath the ball and not like hugging the ball so not yeah. hugging your hips mm-hmm. or your stomach. Does that make sense? I'm sure. Yeah, totally. But you would like keep your arm like 90 degree and like hold the ball like in front of you. Yeah, I mean, I, I just liken it to a waiter. 
Like a cable. Ah, even that's high. Okay. Just, just holding it up on a platter, pretty much. Yeah. I think that looks super clean. All right, but let's uh, yeah. press play. Go to 837, your first foul, protecting the shooter. Let me read my notes and then uh, we can get your feedback from it. Okay, good. So we got some lower body contact here. Uh, excellent call from the lead as the defender does not allow the shooter any space to land free of contact. In the US, we would report dislodging with the lower body or or a block. I'm sure a lot of people would report block over that. Um, is the block the appropriate play type for this foul here? I think it's how uh, people told me, but I don't even know like the signal that you talked before, something that we don't, don't hear about in Europe. Okay, good. So then don't make anything up. Let me see what you reported. Block, got it. Um, but that way to protect the shooter there, you know, obviously the uh, defender kind of sticks his leg in there and those are plays like could, could really hurt. Somebody could really get hurt there. So to not have a whistle on those plays or maybe somebody turns their ankle, got to protect their feet. So great job by you. Um, let's go to 816. We'll, we'll, we'll let it run since it's close. Uh, so you just reported... Two shots or three shots? Uh, three shots. It was a three shot foul? Okay. But that's also a good point. Uh, talking about signal, you didn't notice the block signal in the video. But uh, what do you think about my signal here? Because that's something I'm really doubting now. I mean, the, that, I'm not a fan of that block signal, but I know yeah. FIBA is very particular about that. Like in the US, even though that's the same block signal, way less people use it, but I know FIBA's a little stricter. So again, I'm not gonna sit here and try to make you do American based signals if if that's not what they want, you know. So I don't want to change anything up that way. That you know. Yeah, all right. Um, but yeah, I mean the one you did at the table was it was it was as good as it can be, I think, for that signal. Yeah, but that's a point. That's uh, maybe if I change it, I can go like in better way. But yeah, let's see. Okay, eight sixteen of Fallon post. Another correct call. Uh, as this post play opens right up to you. So um, you can clearly see the swipe down by the secondary defender. Just a reminder on this play, just to not be surprised by that secondary defender. <clears throat> you have uh, two two defenders in in this play, so picking the first one up, but then not being late on that second one and having a feel for the game, knowing that that offensive player might use that pivot uh, in the post to spin that way would almost be a cue for you to get your eyes to the defender. Because I know sometimes multiple defender plays can surprise us especially when the secondary one kind of comes quickly into the picture. But here I'm also questioning, should I be a bit wider, like a bit uh, out of the court to, to see better the space with this uh, helping defender? Because yeah, I feel that, I mean, I got the decision, I saw it, but. 
All right, so here you're at a good width, I think. So he comes in, you're closing down a little bit, backing up, mirroring the ball, good. All right, perfect. Take a step back, good here. Drives to you. All right, you take a step in, closing down, good, good, good. No, I think those are excellent position yeah. adjusts right there. You had numerous uh, adjustments there based on where the ball was, and I thought you were in the right spot each time. Okay, that's good. Would you agree? Yeah, it's, I was just, just to be sure, because my lead position is something that I'm working on it uh, lately. I mean, you also like did some comments later. Okay. So just want to be sure about it. So the key here, real quick, Let's uh, just watch the way mm -hmm. the play ends, and that's going to determine your width. So the key here is is not being too closed down to where you can't see this defender's left arm. So yeah. if you're too close this way to the basket line, now you're not you're going to lose the visibility of his left arm. So as long as you're this wide and you could see directly into this lane, which is where the point of contact is happening, that'll be the good width. So in this case, you can see it. Yeah, perfect. Um, let's see how you report. Good numbers. Good. I like that. That's an that's the approved what legal use of the hands, hit. Yeah, it's illegal use of hands in active shooting. It was clean. I like the report. It had a nice uh, cleanness to it. All right, seven fifty eight. Hit to the head. Did you get a chance to hear Jose? His podcast? Uh, not yet. Not yet. He, he would be a good guy for you to listen to. I mean, for all of us. But Kiba, of course. You. You've heard of him before, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. I agree. But it's, I planned that for my running session tomorrow. Oh, man. <laughs> good stuff. You know, you know I'm taking care of you, FIBA guys. That's perfect. All right, so 758, hit to the head. My comment was correct call, but I want you to add a directional point after you call the foul on the spot to show an additional layer of strength and certainty. So the order would be foul, point the direction, then report the foul. So on the rebound, boom, point right away. Is that something you guys do? Yeah, I mean, something that I should do. Okay, that's not, that's not something that uh, we are really taught to do, but it's something that best referee are doing and show really strength and really, it's really powerful. I do that sometimes, but uh, really not often enough. I'm just doing that when it's really unclear situation in the middle of the court, but in a urban situation, it should be like almost any time. Everybody on the call, you know, if you're in trail or center, and this happens to you in your game, which it will, we're stopping the clock with the right hand using that outside fist. Tweet for a second and then point the direction. Don't 
use two hands don't stop the clock and point across your body you know because when we use two hands it also we're kind of in a rush to present that's why i think one um, arm at a time will get you to each um, signal at the appropriate like cadence so boop 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 doesn't even have to be those many whistles but do this way or white ball on all rebounding plays going the other way we want to show the new direction And then at the table, I'm going to show the new direction again. Hit to the head. Yep, good. Excellent. I like that you did that. Now you got a sub. Here's the sub signal, right? The X? Yeah, the X, like also to spin <laughs> out a bit. But you know, that's also something that was really interesting in these reports. Like a lot of signal that you noticed was signal that we don't really work on, you know? We're still trying to work on like, I don't know, it's pushing far or whatever, but never on the change, like the substitution one. Yeah. Good, I'm glad you feel that way. Our attention to detail. All right, 6.54, out of bounds. Uh, I wrote stay fundamentally sound by using the correct sequence of signals instead of immediately showing where the player stepped out slow down and don't be reactionary. We've all had this play. A lot of us do the same thing you do. We point right to where he stepped out and then we point the direction, but that's not correct right on an out of bounds play. It's very simple. Stop the clock point the new direction indicate the spot. Would you agree Alex. Yeah, but you. Um... That's something that I always saw it in this order. I would be really curious to to see how it looks and how powerful it is to to show it like in this order. Actually, I mean, to be totally honest, our instructors are quite clear. We are not even supposed to show the spot. You're not sure uh, even after you blow the blow the whistle and point the new direction. Yeah, I mean, all the all the report that I got till now, it's like just. Um, as less signal as possible, so just don't show it. Out of bounds, it's like hand in the air, direction, that's it. Right, for your violations, are you saying in FIBA you're not supposed to indicate this, the new spot? No, not at all. Oh, okay, because that's something that we do every time. Ah, okay, so, okay. So I'm, I'm glad that this is a difference. So my third point there, then disregard the point to the spot. But would you agree the sequence should be stopping the clock and pointing the new direction? Yeah, totally. Okay, good. Yeah. Again, this is just also going to slow you down. Doing it the right way by stopping the clock. When we don't stop the clock, we're not, it, we've sped up. Our mind is sped up and it's made our body speed up even faster. Like when there is like really like a small part of the foot that is touching the line or it's really a close situation about out of bounds or not, you're never doing any additional body language. No, I don't. I don't. And I know I know the play you're talking about. It's like we're the only one who sees the little pinky toe step out. So we have to let everybody know where he went out. I don't feel that pressure to let everybody know. I just see a foot out of bounds. I stop the clock. I point in a direction. Simple. Yeah, I mean, a nice voice support is also help, helping you. And that should be enough. True. Yeah. 
And if anybody says anything, maybe you're in front of a coach. What happened? You don't even have to say anything. All you got to do is point to the new spot for an extra second, maybe stare at it. Just going to add emphasis to that spot. That That's where he went out. Uh, let's go to the second quarter. Nothing else there in that first quarter. Uh, can I just ask yeah, you to, maybe you to go at 514? It's like a charge block situation that I would like to have a look. Five fourteen. That that crash. Yeah, that was this crash. Yeah. yeah I like the no call. Like it's easy falling down. Because I, I remember the situation that I didn't uh, talk to the player. I didn't do anything. It was really like no call, maybe a good decision. But I should at least have talked to the player or... Do you have... Is flop in play too? Yeah. Because I, I would think if this was my game, NCAA men's. John, you think this is a flop? You know, it's hard. It's a little choppy on my end, so it's hard to see. But he definitely doesn't go through, to my in my opinion, this this player. So I'd probably put a no call or a flop, depending on uh, again if I could see a little better. But I I think I agree. Uh, just get you better quality. My bad. How do I do that? Optimize. Okay, sorry. I don't yeah, see the offensive player going through this player. I'm also seeing like the hands, the hands of the, of the defender that are also maybe overreacting. That also could be something interesting. Defender's arms go up. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's a clear sign of a flop too. It's an unnatural yeah, motion. A flop. I agree, Paul. I got a video that that was done by scientists a couple of years ago. They, they analyzed the flop and like they spoke about the arm motion going up and that would be an, uh, a cue for a flop. Same thing with like just sitting down and it just falling, sitting down in a chair. So yeah, I'm good with a flop here. I don't know. Like do you, like you have a flop a signal or a flop call? Yeah, I mean, in Europe, we're like um, pushing down the arm like this three times, and then it's like a warning to the player and to the coach. So, but aren't you supposed to do that right away? Yeah, that's my mistake here. I didn't react at all. I mean, at least, because maybe it's not an obvious flop, I could at least talk to the player and told him that I saw the contact and I asked him to not do that again. Do you think it's a flop? Yeah. Yeah, because if you do, then you don't need to talk to them. You know, if it's like yeah. something that maybe comes below the radar of a flop, it's, it's not, but I understand talking to him. But if it's something you think it, that you just missed, then we're not going to talk to him. Mm -hmm. It's just, just a missed flop. He got us. We won't do it again. Yeah. No, here's like signal and next uh, clock stop, I have to warn him and the coach for sure. At the next stoppage of the next time the whistle blows? Yeah. Got it. So that's the difference. NCA men's, we would stop it right away. Uh, not, excuse me, not right away. 
I would probably stop it. Some big boys out here. So oh, here's the as soon as he catches the ball right there, I would kill the play right there. But oh, okay. that's not applicable to you, so don't worry about that. But that was for John and uh, Alan, maybe high school, the high school season. Maybe you feel like calling a flop technical, I don't know. We'll see. I think I'm ready this year to do that. But I mean, that's also the point here. The prime is sometimes we have this situation and the, the clock is running for two minutes and then we have to come back to this warning. Yeah, sometimes it's a bit... Yeah. It's a bit right. Yeah, the play, right. the play could go on for a while before you actually report it, right? Yeah. All right, we got 917. We got a rebounding foul. I have the same feedback as 837. Okay, so add the directional point after the foul. Then I want you to strengthen your pushing signal, show a little bit more range of motion. So let's rewind. Good, okay, good push in the back. So just add clarity, add that point, show that strength. Two steps. You know, be more thorough, yeah. be, be more confident. Did you use your voice there? What'd you say? Yeah. Um, just let me, I just say push. Push? Yeah. Do you, say, do you say whose ball it is? No. That might be something you want to add. I mean, uh, I would. Or maybe afterwards with hands, like saying foul, push, and direction. Or you would use your voice twice. Um, for this play, I usually say that way, or I'll say boo boo white ball. You know, after I show the foul signal and the new the new direction, I may say white ball. Mm -hmm. But you it know, it seemed like it was obvious enough. The players were already moving the way the correct. Yeah, way. you're right. It's interesting because I mean, I've been taught that we should use our voice only for one word. And maybe the pushing here is obvious enough to just cause the reaction. I think you look strong at the table here. Looks good. It looks really sharp. But the pushing foul, I should like go a bit farther with my hands, no? As you yeah, said. You could. Yours looks good. I'm just giving you another option. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to show a little bit more range, but I liked yours, so. I like the analogy when teaching the push signal about the, the standard push-up motion. I think that's a pretty good connection. Yeah. Pretty similar motion. Okay, 314. Got a fellow... I would say fellow FIBA official Patrick, but he's no longer FIBA. He's retired. He's NCAA uh, official now. Hi, Patrick. Mm -hmm. I got the social security number to finish the background check first, but yeah. 
Retired FIBA. Congrats, man. I'm happy for you. Appreciate it. Are you doing women's or men's? Uh, men's. Cool. That's awesome. We got uh, Alexander here from Switzerland. Alex uh, Patrick's just moved from Ireland, moving to Texas. Oh, wow. Nice. Favorite FIBA. All right, I want to look at the shot clock violation at 314. What did I write? Uh, whose responsibility is it to wave this shot off here? It's always trail. Always trail. Okay. So the lead, the lead shouldn't have then, correct? Yeah, I mean, what we had a lot of discussion with our instructor because for us it wasn't so obvious because when it's in front of the lead, it should be normal that the lead takes the decision. But uh, the instruction was trade decision and teamwork. That means eye contact with the lead and the lead is ready to help. When I first asked you, you said trail always. Now you're telling me the lead can, uh, that can be the lead's primary? That means the lead can help. The lead would be in primary for the contact and the trail for the shot clock violation. Got it. Yeah, same thing in the US. I mean, it'd be trail all day. And that's something, did you uh, indicate to him who's, Actually, sorry, this is a shot clock. Disregard. I was thinking uh, it was the end of quarter. All right, let's look at uh, 314. Oh, 314, game management tip. During timeouts, don't let players and coaches walk onto the court to have a discussion or ask a question. Kindly walk them back into their box and conduct the conversation in their timeout area. It's bad optics for the game when we allow them to walk onto the court because usually it's done in an unsporting manner. That was just an opportunity to to share that point. This kid looked fine, but it was just a reminder to you. Even if they are nice, walk them yeah. back. I mean, it's perfect because my colleague that is way more experienced than me just arrived on the court and asked and told the players like, hey man, it's not so nice that you're in the middle of the court. It doesn't look good. Right, but you had the opportunity to prevent that. Uh, I, I should being, yeah, he's right. being a good partner there, cleaning it up. But don't even let him get there. As soon as you see him walking towards you, give him a soft stop sign. Let him know you'll yeah. be right over. I'm coming right to you. I got you. Sure, I'll be right there. Yeah, exactly. Come to him instead of letting him come to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now this this was the nice version, from at least from what I see of of this play type. Normally, it's coaches calling a timeout on purpose to then walk out onto the court, right? So whenever this is just for everybody on the call, you know, when this situation happens, that's how we handle it. Play offense, walk towards them, and in using a courteous tone, letting assuring them that you can have this conversation, but back in there in the appropriate location. But do you let, like, when a coach is angry about you and take time out to talk to you, 
would you like allow him to to have this discussion it, it doesn't matter if it's a timeout dead ball if they are if they're winning if they're losing what you just said are you going to allow a coach to walk out onto the court like and and shout no we're not we're not going to allow that a lot of, a lot of those times that's a technical foul if they do it purposely if they call a timeout purposely come shouting on the court that's that's they're risking a technical foul yeah of course because that's they're showing us up in front of everyone now the players have cleared now they're they're on the court it's a bad look i mean anyway the coach i mean both like player and coach has to stay in the box anyway yeah okay 235 i got i got something in 303 three minutes 303 three or three. A blocking foul, it wasn't sure about. You had a foul there? Yeah, I mean, if you can put it again, uh, it seems that the defender is here, is moving forward and pushing the offender. Moving towards the ball. You're saying you had a foul on that play? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking that it's a missed call. From lead, you have a foul and it doesn't show. No, 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 no. I didn't call anything, but I, I think oh, okay. You're I, asking. I'm asking you if it's a, a missed call from the trail oh. here. Thank you. Sorry about that. Because for me, regarding again, I think it's a missed call from the trail, but would like to have your opinion on it. Uh, I probably got nothing. Anybody else have a foul on this play? Yeah, I got nothing. Defenders legal, slides legally slides i mean unless you i didn't see him bump him with the knee or anything offensive player just yeah well yeah i don't i like a no call here turnover oh, good no call all right mm -hmm. yeah. now if we thought that contact caused the ball to go out of bounds now we have a possession consequence that changes the story it becomes a new play yeah because I was just wondering, because the defender is on the side of the offender and not in front of him. And then the question is like, is he moving forward or not? Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Alex, if that was a foul, wouldn't you like that to come from your partner? Uh, I think that's obviously a responsibility. I shouldn't look at there anyway. But um, yeah, and the court, I didn't need this call, of course. For me, it felt right. But looking into the video, I was doubting about it. Much stronger mechanics here with the shot clock. I love your wave off, love the point. Just a really nice rhythm and cadence to all, all of those signals. Stop the clock, wave off, okay, point. 
Well done. Hey, Taylor, thanks for joining us. Hey. I like your videos. <laughs> Thank you. I like yours. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting a lot of them. I got like five clips of you. <laughs> I was embarrassed in some. I was cracking up in some. You're embarrassed. <laughs> so I was laughing at some of them. Okay. Well, we have a couple <laughs> funny interactions. There's a couple funny clips. Today I put the one with the gun. Wasn't that funny? <laughs> It was funny, yeah. <laughs> and then when we high five the beat drop, did that one come out too? I saw the high five at the end, yeah. Oh, okay, um, okay. one of them. Gotcha. All right, uh, two. Where are we at? Uh, Fifty-three seconds left. Yeah. yeah. This is an interesting concept: ball before body or body before ball. It's a good uh, play calling kind of strategy for like block shot type plays that you can apply this. Um, let's take a look at this play. My question to you was what does the defender do wrong on this play? What is the illegal contact? Do you like this call? Three questions in a row on block shot mm -hmm. plays when we are trying to decide between incidental and illegal use this strategy as a tool to make the best decision. Uh, let's discuss this play. Take me through why you called the foul there. What, what did the defender do wrong? Yeah, actually here, watching the video, I think I've just been trapped. You're trapped? I mean, I think the contact here is from the offender and not from the defender. From if the you offense, you said? Yeah. Offensive initiated? Yeah. If you look like the number five is grabbing the arm of the defender here at this point, and he's turning. Legal, legal, legal. I mean, anyway, it's no call. It looks like he gets tripped. He um, loses his footing a bit on that spin, which causes him to kind of go out of control and maybe making it look like it was a foul. Yeah. Causing you to make a decision. Um, but those are tough plays to have whistles on, especially when there's really not a legal contact. And then we have a clean block as well. Like the foul is not on the block. I understand if you were going to maybe yeah. on the lower body, but definitely not on the secondary defender who blocks a shot. No, the shot is clean, that for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just been trapped with this number seven that didn't uh, number eight that did nothing wrong. Take a look at your possession. Why? But maybe I should like step in in the court right closer. Because here I'm a bit far. Yeah, I mean, I would have if it was me, I would be in the picture. I would be right here on this blue line, staring right into this space. Yeah, I should. You know, definitely closing, not not closing down all the way. Maybe the blue line's a little too close, but definitely a step or two into the picture. Because yeah. the further wide you are, the the it's closing you on this open angle. Yeah, I mean, here I'm not moving like uh, from the beginning of the of the action. That's mean I have to step in when there is a drive starting. Yeah, step towards the basket. Yeah. 
kind of close down with it. So this is just an out of bounds call, right? Yeah. Great. Next time you'll, you'll no call that one. Did uh, coach say anything to you? Did you, what was your interaction with the player? Um, here, I mean, honestly, my only interaction with the player was first to tell him to to talk to me later because I have to report the foul to the table. And then he directly left to to the to the bench. And as you can see here, like the playmaker is coming to to talk to me, and he told me that uh, his colleague been like hold by the offender. And I honestly told him that I didn't see this contact. And for me, that was a pushing foul from the back. Was the coach saying anything to you also? No, and not this time. Okay, not this time? What did he say to you throughout the game? Remember? Uh, yeah, we can just, I wanted to talk about one situation just okay. in the beginning of the overtime, but uh, All right, we'll that's go. way later. Right, I, had, yeah. I mean, actually, the coach was quite quiet during the game. Only twice he came to us, and I think he was right both times. That's great that he was right. It doesn't mean he gets to speak however he wants, so just keep that in mind. Yeah. Sure. A lot of officials think, oh, well, the coach was right. He had a point, so that means he gets to yell at me. That's just abuse, uh, abuse culture that we're in, and sometimes we don't recognize it. Uh, asking for help. Boom. Okay. Yeah, so, kind of yeah, so the reason why, so you just changed the call. Take me through this. What happened? What are we seeing? And. Here I looked at my colleague and he directly showed me that it was the wrong decision. So I just showed to everyone it was a mistake from mine and I just changed the decision. So you looked at him and he did a little subtle directional point with his left arm? Yeah. Okay, kind of just changing the call low key. Got it. Um, I mean Usually, like the way that we should do would be come together, talk, and correct the decision. But here, I saw the reaction that was quite obvious from all the players. There was a lot of frustration. So I decided to correct directly as soon as my colleague showed it to me. Well, number one, you got to get your eyes to the ball a little bit sooner. You're a little late on picking up the ball. Um, I know you're probably looking at players for the rebounding coverage, but it's also our responsibility for the out of bounds. If you watch your eyes are just a little late getting over there. So well, at the time you raised your hand, did you know the answer or are you, are you 100% on the new direction or are you about to guess? Um, at this time, I felt sure about me. Okay, you felt sure about it. So it was the player's reaction that made you, or it was obviously your partner who, who looked at uh, you. First, right? first player reaction. So then I looked at my colleague and I was ready to change my decision when he showed it to me because I felt the game and I felt that something went wrong. So ideally, 
I understand you, you changed your mind. You had to change your heart. Ideally, we stop the clock. We're not 100%. Boop, help, Alex, help. And then I'm going to hope that you're going to have a signal, a new direction when I ask for help. Um, so that's one thing you could have done differently, being the calling official. Um, the non-calling official, we would have liked to see them maybe get a little bit closer and get together and not do the the way yeah. he handled it is is more of rec a recreational youth youth game way to way to handle it. We have to make it a little bit more official. He's got to come bring information. Hey, partner, I'm a hundred percent black deflected it it's going to be white ball okay and then whoop whoop correction now i like how you batted your chest look like you showed some accountability whoop, my fault my fault my fault so that was good i've been i put a couple posts out about being confident when we have to change a call this is the exact play type i'm talking about so so why are you guys getting together now yeah that's that was no sense Okay, so he just came to reassure you he got it right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's probably what he sh he should have done initially, but not walking in that manner. Maybe a little bit more urgent. Yeah, I mean the good thing to do is first to stop the clock, look look to my colleague, and he will help me out directly. And then, if not, then we have to talk and really meet together, not do half halfway and to correct it without really talking. Yeah, that sounds clear to me. All right, let's look at 804. You have another foul in the lead. We, uh, okay, yeah, I remember this play. So this is a foul slash coach complaint. 804, as you were calling this hand check foul from lead, the coach was clearly in disagreement and it looked like an opportunity to use your communication skills to de-escalate and run the conversation. You decided to ignore the coach, causing your partner to then have to interact with the coach. My question to you is what did the coach say and how do you think you could have handled it differently? Just looking again. Okay, so I'm just gonna... Yeah. Here it's interesting because the coach is asking for legal defense and even saying that it's already the second time that we're calling this kind of foul in this game and that's the second time it's a wrong decision. And uh, my opinion when I was on the court was that the contact is not big, but big enough to make the offender step out of bounds. So call the foul for it. But he wasn't asking about that play, right? He was just saying about it should have been a legal defense? Yeah, he said that it's legal defense. He's oh, he was saying first. it's legal, got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I agree that it was like a cheap call. I think the defense here is legal. And I think it should be like out of bounds decision here. Yeah, and I also thought you came pretty far out to get that one. A little, a little far out of your primary. Um, hand check this high up. I mean, I know you have a good, you're, you're in line with it. So you, you thought 32 moved forward, created that contact. It's tough to tell from us. From All our, right. uh, tough to tell. What do you guys think? Anybody have any opinions, thoughts on this play? 
I should trust a colleague, I think. That's his primary. Hey, Alex, it's John here. I, just, I don't know if the, he's out of position, but your partner looks like he probably should be more toward the basket line of the court to help with this. Mm -hmm. Given a two person. So I would like, I may agree with Paul, it just seems a little out, but um, there's definitely some contact there. It's just hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, I agree. In a two-person game, we're going to want to cover the court a little bit better in the trail and step out. Uh, I understand that it's a little bit of a gray area in a two-person game. Um, and, you know, it could have been a foul. Looked like he's moving forward, you know. Um, I just – so you said you said something to the coach here? It just didn't look like you were interacting at all. No, here I'm – honestly, I'm not uh, managing the coach at all. I'm just ignoring him, and then my colleague come for the inbound and talk to him this time. Okay. Just something to keep in mind. I want to handle every situation possible and have my partners handle as little as I need to allocate to them. You know, so if you can handle it, great. I understand you're switching. We're a team. He can then now switch and continue that conversation or de-escalate there. That's going to happen as well, but. Just do as much as you can. Yeah, no, sure. I think that was that was the point to to improve in this game. Like the communication in general wasn't that good, but it's interesting to to open it. Oh, three forty nine. You have a foul in the pass. I've been seeing this this trend a lot. These officials are calling fouls on successful passes where, yeah, it might have been, could have been a foul on another play if that contact happened on another play, but not on this one because the pass off is to an open shooter. Yeah, I should have a button whistle here. So just having that overall big picture game awareness to ignore incidental if it, uh, if they, you know, are successful in what they were trying to do. So I thought it was a little bit of a quick whistle by you in lead. What did you think of this play? I mean, here I'm lead, right? Hmm. But um, but for sure, I think I should have hold it a bit. It's half a second to see that the shooter was ready. Even if he's not ready, it's a successful pass to an open player. And that yeah. con that's contact we can ignore. It's not like he gets bumped there where he can't make that pass. And we've all seen what it what the contact would look like when like the ball just falls out because of that that contact. In this case, he, he's fine. He's strategic with his decision there. So that's just the play on. That's just the, we stopped the game. We didn't yeah, just I, I, I like the comment that um, Euroleague referee told me like during this camp about this passion whistle in this kind of situation. Like if you call and you're giving a gift to the defense, that means it's not a good call. Hmm. Because here you're preventing from the free shooter. So it's a gift that you're doing to the defense. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's those you, on the other side of that, like an offensive player who likes doesn't want that call. Like ref, I'm fine. I, I don't need that call, <laughs> ref. Yeah, that's true. 
Never happened to me, that's new. And they very rarely say, I don't need that call unless the foul or the contact didn't do anything. Yeah. All right, a couple plays here in the fourth quarter, 946. Um, let's see, 946, foul on primary defender. I initially thought you called it on number five from the defender from behind, but after rewinding a few times, I see that number 20 hits the shooter's arm first. Way to see it. You might want to vocalize on the spot that the foul is on number 20 from a game management point of view to limit any reactions to those who thought it was a clean block. I also think you're a little yeah. too wide in the lead and should close down to the B position to be more connected to the contact. My initial reaction was, oh, it's a clean block, play on. I had to bring it back a couple times. Take me through the illegal contact. But once again, I'm not closing off his lead position. That's a bit bothering me that I really have to work on that. Yeah, so once you made it to the line or past the end line, now you can start to step in. Mm -hmm. Step closer. I mean, nothing back. happening like in front of me, right? So you called it on number 20's right arm hitting the yeah. shooter's left elbow right here, right? Exactly, yeah. So the point is like, to a lot of us, it looks like a clean block. So just be conscious if you have any reactions there to, to let them know who the foul was on. Now I see number 20 puts his hands up. That's always good when players do that because it kind of eliminates any noise. So we appreciate him doing that. Um, just something to keep in mind is what I thought of initially is, is a game management uh, strategy you can have just by vocalizing who the foul was on. And and that and the audience might only be the one person who blocked the shot, where he hears you call a foul when he's cleanly blocking the shot, and then he didn't see his partner or his uh, teammate, you know, foul, and he might have that initial reaction. I'm sure you've heard you've had that play before, where you just gotta yeah. let him. Oh no, it's not on you. It's not on you. It's on twenty. Oh, yeah, exactly. okay, ref. Okay, ref. He's ready yeah. to tackle you. All right, 654, avoid the stack. I thought you walked, I think you walked into a stack here. It's 54. Yeah. A little crowded. Could you have done anything different as far as adjusting? It's hard to say. Maybe you should have been faster. To avoid the two player in front of me. I think you could run a little harder too. Mm -hmm. Just when you know the ball is on a fast break and it's that far ahead of you. Yeah, I think I should just be on my final final position two seconds before and plus i think this adjust might be unnecessary which is putting you out of position for the next play mm -hmm. i don't know if you need to come that far onto the court 
Yeah, that's something I already noticed in previous game. So you had an open look on number one? Okay, he raises his hand, I believe you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, why do you have a block? Didn't he reach with his arm? Let's let's look at it one more time. Is this a swipe down? Did you almost pump fake foul here? Did you almost call a foul with your left arm? Did you think this action? No. This Oh, that little action? It was like, that was like a bit like, a, uh, but you know why? I will tell you that it's not because I know myself and the time that I'm really doing that, I'm moving the fist first and not the help the way that I did. The only reason why I know that so well is because I've done it too. I've even <laughs> done it on national TV. It looks so bad. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> but, but can we just, okay, maybe let's finish this play and then I will ask you something else. As far as the contact, wouldn't you say that's arm to arm or hand to arm contact? Yeah, right? here it's yeah. like hands foul, right? Not a block. Yeah. Okay, good. But just to the from the previous play, I mean, just easy question. Quite interesting. My colleague told me during this game to try to move ninety degree as lead position when the game is coming a bit faster to us. Um. And I think that would be maybe the case in the previous play. And that's something that I didn't heard before because I mean, in the rule book, it's always uh, 45 degree. But I tried and actually I feel quite comfortable to welcome the game when it's quite fast. Uh, what's the timestamp on the play you're talking about? Um, I mean, just the play that we, we talked before, like a seven or he was mentioning your positioning angle. Yeah, but um, I mean, now I don't have it anymore. But it was just before this game. Yeah, that's the next one that we'll see as example. Not sure it's the best example, though, but like in any fast break, it works quite well. But in, yes, exactly. Look, I, I'm trying. You can feel that I'm trying to move 90 degree, but I'm not used to it. Look what I'm doing with my with my legs. Just so you can go back. I'm not sure I, I see what you're saying. What are you doing with your legs? Okay, yeah, yeah you can let here. Exactly this display. Look, when the, the pass gonna be down and number one now i would like to turn 90 degree like my feet parallel to the line to welcome the game towards me and that's something that i like i've been advised by my colleague during this game and i feel really comfortable about it even though i, I never really saw it 
in the rule book because it's always saying 45 degree right. I mean, your stance looked good there. I thought you had your shoulders squared to the play. All right, we have overtime action. I mean, we can also look at that like in other play. We will see it further for sure. Two fifty one, first play. Yeah. Um, maybe we can we can go back to the last action for the um, of the fourth quarter and talk about game management in the beginning of the overtime. That was the hard time with the coach that I would like to talk about because. Um, if you come like at 46 seconds from the end of the fourth quarter, if I remember well, there is like a like hard decision, let's say. Just 46 seconds. Because we can see one minute left, six months quite a bit and the white team will come back helped by two foul on three-point shooter and uh, one of these two was like a small contact that the coach didn't see it let's see i think it was Okay, here's a technical foul for like the inbound. Do we step on the line? Step on the line is a technical foul, FIBA? Yeah. Okay. Last two minutes of the game, you step on the line, it's two foul. Yeah. All right, 46, you said? Yeah. Shot. Yeah, it's display. So number 65 is shooting. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, okay, it's the next one. <laughs> Great reaction. So, of course, the, the coach is not uh, on the the call and become a bit crazy. And um, that was and a foul. That was a foul. Oh, you called a foul on that. Yeah, I mean, I I talked about it with my colleague and uh, told me it's like no real defense and contact on the hips so needs to be called it's hard to see in this whether it's really the really contact or not it's hard to see uh, the, uh, there's nothing there in my opinion no. do you see so I, I, yeah i mean on this play i don't see much and um, and the last call is a really great call, way more, way more obvious. You can go to the last second. Can, can I just say something about that before we move on? Go ahead, Pat. That, it, 
if there is contact there, it's so non-obvious. It can't be an and one realistically. Like nobody can. You can't put an and one in the game with that, really, can you? We can't even see any contact with four replays. Yeah. It's a phantom. Oh, completely. I was nearly laughing watching it, thinking it's a where's the foul. It happens, but I'm glad it didn't happen to you. Not this time. (laughs) Not this time, right? (laughs) You said the coach was interacting with you guys here. Uh, Let's let's just watch the last uh, play of the game. That's um, because Drake, like the white team, will um, tie the game with again a three-point foul. And um, like that, we have all the key, like all information to talk about game management. So here's here going to be the free throw, and then that's a timeout. So maybe we can move a bit forward. Side out. Uh, here, here's gonna be the foul. They will go to 69 to 66. And the last shot of the game gonna be called a foul. Oh, you want me to fast forward this? Yeah. You can move. Okay, here we are. I mean, this foul is really clear. Landing space, the player is like coming under the shooter, is pushing foul, quite clear. Okay. But obviously, the the coach became crazy about it because that's, I mean, from his point of view, it's the second time, right? According to the one, one minute before. And at the very beginning of the overtime, he starts shouting. Uh, let's try to remember as close as possible what you said. Something like, "You gave them gifts, so now now it's uh, our t- turn to have some gifts," wow. or some comment like this, real loud through the court. And that's something that I find really hard to to manage. Um, I think it's good to to tell him. I, I don't know. You talk about about it in the podcasting, like, are you questioning our integrity or what do you mean by that? But uh, this has to stop directly on the court and that's across the court. That's why it's particularly hard to say something. Did you think about giving them an, a technical foul? Uh, yeah, uh, actually I did. But uh, you know, it's always hard to not give it because, yeah, it was like also the pressure of the beginning of the overtime. It wasn't so like the meaning of it was hard, but the way to say it was still clever. That's not like a T foul obvious. 
So that's maybe a direct TFR would be a solution, but for his management would be crazy afterwards, I guess. You said he would be crazy if you gave it? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. I'm just questioning if we can handle him the best way. But maybe the best way is a TFR. Yeah, I mean, you got to get over the, the fear of, I mean, the pressure. The, the pressure is just all in your head. It's what you're putting on yourself. I understand yeah. the players may feel pressure. It's overtime. But we can't allow a coach to question our integrity. So you're saying he was shouting this onto the court and you were on the opposite side, so you couldn't respond? Yeah, that was okay. a point. So you you could you could with a signal and a, and a call you could have I mean I wasn't there I don't know what it sounded like but you know we got to be strong there if it's something you feel like you can de-escalate you can use the coach coach I'm gonna need you to be more professional than that I would never question your integrity. But that's my point. It's like, of course that's the best thing to say, but you have to be close to him. You have to go to him to sure. tell him that you're way too far to say that. Right. In this situation, the only response that you could have is only the technical foul, because you cannot talk to him across the court. So either technical or if you are going to pass on that, try to get to him at the timeout and let him yeah, know exactly. it's not acceptable. Yeah. Um, all right, well, why don't you pick one more play to look at in overtime? We got a 251 foul in open court. 149, excellent, no call, 101, positioning, 51, rebounding foul, or the last play of the game. You want to look at the last play? Uh, yeah, let's go to the last play, but it's traveling. Um, very difficult and odd-looking play, but did you consider calling a travel in the final seconds, and why did you decide to pass on this play? Um, did the offensive player lose control of the ball on the deflection? Let's discuss. This game you had to ref right until the final buzzer. Well, here's the last play of the game right here. All right, Black is down one. Best player has the ball. I don't know if he's the best player. Five. This is an ugly one. Yeah, really. What are your thoughts on the last play? Um, I think I think it's it is travel. Let's look at. I mean, he's anyway jumping twice on the same foot. Mm. So that's travel. Travel before the ball pops loose, I think. Yeah. Or was there a deflection that caused the ball to come loose before he landed? No, because anyway, he never really lost the control of the ball. I mean, the defender touched the ball, but he never the ball never left the hand. 
It was just a tap. Okay, defender does have his hand on the ball there. Ah, yeah, yeah. So maybe we like the no call then. Huh. We like the. I I think that's, I mean that's probably either a jump or nothing. Could could we go held ball here? If he lands, it's a tough play. I I, I think that might be a uh, I think that might be a held ball. Yeah, I think that he has the hand of the ball when he's landing. Anybody else? What do you guys have on this play? When I first watched it, I thought I thought that was a jump ball. Okay. And then still you it looked that. real yeah. Yeah. And then and then it looks weird. Everyone's gonna be upset, but um yeah, I don't no think anyone stuff. I don't think anyone's ups, ever upset at a held balls. What I am saying not calling a, a held ball there, it looks like a travel, right? If you if you're if you're not gonna call it a jump ball. You're probably asking for a travel there. Probably got to have That's a whistle, right? Yeah, some, something. You have to have a whistle there. Yeah. It's a tough play, though. I know it's uh, last second. We're not really thinking travel in the last second, but we can uh, be emotional about when we call something. Um, so, yeah, I would say hell ball would be the best call. You guys just let it play on. Game over. Eh, that's it. But, uh, it's hard to finish on an ugly play like this, but yeah, but definitely some good plays to look at, man. I appreciate you uh, sharing it and everybody else too for coming in and watching Alex's play and and offering uh, your feedback there. Alex, anything else you want to wrap up with? Any other questions or? Uh, for no, me? I mean it's all good. I, I mean, just thank you for this. It was really interesting. And I think I still have a lot to work on this report and i think i will be able to work a few weeks on it and even more so you, show, you showed a lot of promise though um i think you look uh definitely have a very professional look out there definitely a strong presence you look uh confident you have a nice poise and a nice pace to you so i'm looking forward to watching you make some of these adjustments and uh you know keep working hard man you're on a, yeah. you have a great team behind you. Just waiting to for the season to begin to, to work on that. Now I'm missing some games, but yeah, let's keep working. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs podcast. Serve the game. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're interested in joining our private community for officials and want to hear more details, we can set up a call. You can email me at crownrefs at gmail.com. Or you can text me, 845-742-0834. Have a blessed day.